Joshua chapter 8. Before we get into chapter 8, I'd like to make a comment on my thoughts about chapter 7. I woke up in the middle of the night and I was thinking about Achan and his family and all of his possessions being burned to death. They destroyed everything. And I just thought that's just awful that they killed the man, his family, and all of his cattle, his sheep, and all of his possessions. And then I just realized that Achan confessed his sin, but they killed him anyway because God told him to get rid of him. He was an enemy. And my mind fast-forwarded into the fact that we live in the age of grace. And what's the difference? When we confess our sins, God forgives us and cleanses us. But the thing that, that I was troubled over in the night is that if people don't receive Christ and have their sins forgiven, they too will be burned up. They will be cast into the lake of fire. Don't get mad at me for saying that. I didn't decide it. God did. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except through me. And so I thought, how awful that we would not tell people and warn them. And then my, in my mind's eye, I could see myself driving down a road, my new car dressed up, going to a party, 70 miles an hour, and there was a bridge out. And I thought it was over the Mississippi River, wide and deep. And there was not a sign on the road telling me that the bridge was out. And so I go merrily on my way, happy, enjoying the drive. And all of a sudden, I look up, and there's no bridge. But it's too late. I can't stop the car. I'm in the air, and I land on the water and go down in deep, dark water of the Mississippi River, and nobody can find me, and nobody can get me out. There was no sign. I was not warned. And so I realized how unfair it is for us not to warn people that there is life after death. You either spend it with God, or in the lake of fire, or in hell, for all of eternity. Nobody talks about that anymore. They're afraid they'll offend people. I remember I had some children at my house one time, and, and I was trying to encourage them to invite Christ into their life. And I said the word hell, and I remember one of the little children looked at me and they said, Oh, that is a bad word. We can't say that word. And I said to them, Yes, it is. It's a really bad word. It's the worst word you could ever say. But it's real, and it's really true. And I want to just warn all of you that are listening. If you've never invited Christ into your life, that's your destiny. We all have a destiny, and it's based on the decision we make in time about the person and work of Jesus Christ. So I urge you, be sure that you've invited him into your life that you're just not living just a religious life, but you're living your life 
by and through and with the Spirit of God that dwells in you if you've accepted Jesus' sacrifice on the cross for your sins. And now, let's get to chapter 8. This is a great battle story, a great strategy. And I have chosen not to read the whole thing to you, but to tell you about the battle. And we'll kind of skip through the chapter. But verse 1, the Lord said unto Joshua, and if you remember um, Joshua's heart, though his men got weak. And then they won the victory, and he said to Joshua, Fear not, don't be dismayed. Take all of the people of war with you and go to Ai. I have given this into your hand, the king of Ai, the people, his city, and his land. And you shall do to Ai and her king as you did unto Jericho and her king. Only the spoil thereof and the cattle thereof shall you take for a prey unto yourselves. Lay an ambush for the city behind it. And so Joshua arose and all the people of war to go to Ai. And he chose 30,000 men of valor, and he sent them away by night. And he commanded them, you lie in wait against the city, behind the city. Don't go far away, but be ready. And I and all the people with me are going to approach the city. They were coming from another direction. And they were going to approach the city and they'll say, um, until we have drawn them from the city. For they will say they flee before us as at first. So we'll run. We'll draw them out of the city. They'll come up after us because they think we're afraid and that we're running away. And then he said, then shall you rise up from the ambush and seize upon the city. For you and your God will deliver them into your hands. And when you've taken the city, you will set the city on fire, a cause of the commandment of the Lord. Joshua sent them forth, and they went to lie in ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of Ai. But Joshua lodged that night among the people. He got up early in the morning, he numbered the people gave them their marching orders, rather. He and the elders of Israel went before the people of Ai. And all the people, even the people of war that were with him, went up and drew nigh and came to the city. Pitched on the north side of Ai, there was a valley between them and Ai. So the men in Ai could look across the valley and see them. He took 5,000 men and he had them lying ambush between Bethel and Ai on the west side of the city. And when they had set the people, even all the hosts that were on the north of the city, and their, their lives in wait on the west of the city, Joshua went into the middle of the valley. You got the picture? They've got an ambush. And Joshua goes down. And when the king saw... They hasted and got up early. The men of the city went out against Israel to battle. He and all the people at a time appointed before the plain. 
but he wished not that there were liars in ambush. He didn't know there were others. And Joshua and all of his people acted as though they had been beaten. They lost, and they ran the other way. And all the people in Ai were called together to run after them. And they ran after Joshua. And there was not a man left in Aor or Bethel. They all went out after Israel. Joshua drew them all out of the city. And then the Lord said unto Joshua, Stretch out your spear that's in your hand. Hold your spear up. Remember when Moses was told to hold, hold up his mantle? And as long as he held it up, they won the battle. And when he let it down, they lost. So Joshua stretched out the spear. And the ambush arose quickly out of their place. And they ran as soon as he had stretched out his hand. They entered the city and took it. You see what happened? Joshua's in the valley. He makes them think he's afraid. They run away. Everybody comes out of Ai and Bethel. The men on the north then go in and take the city and set it on fire. In verse 21, when Joshua and all of Israel saw the ambush had taken the city and the smoke ascended, they turned again. And they killed all the men of Ai that were chasing them. And the other issued out of the city against them. So they were in the midst of Israel. They ran out and they found themselves in the midst and Israel killed all of them. But they took the king of Ai alive and they brought him to Joshua. And when Israel made an end of slaying all the people of Ai, in the field, in the wilderness, where they chased them, they all had fallen on the edge of the sword until they were consumed. And all the Israelites went back to Ai and smote it with the edge of the sword. They killed everybody. And so it was that all fell that day, men and women, 12,000, all the men of Ai, Joshua drew not his hand back. He continued to hold his hand, his spear up until he had utterly destroyed all the inhabitants of Ai. What a bloody sight this was. And I think the picture is destroy all of your enemies. Get rid of them. Only the cattle and the spoil of the city. You see, this was different. They could take the spoil. And so they did. And then Joshua, in verse 28, burned the city forever. But the king, he hanged on a tree until eventide, as soon as the sun was set. Joshua commanded that they would take his carcass down from the tree and cast it at the entering of the gate. And they put a great heap of stones that remain until this day. After the victory, they were to make an altar of stones that had been not had been touched by man. They had no marks on them. Then Joshua built the altar at Mount Ebal. And as Moses commanded the children of Israel, as it is written in the book of the law, an altar, build an altar of whole stones 
over which no man had lifted up an iron. And he wrote there upon the stones a copy of the law of Moses. Isn't that amazing? Moses is dead, but the law is still a guide for us. It doesn't save us, but it gives us a path to walk on that's safe. He wrote in the presence of the children of Israel. Can you imagine? They've just won this great victory. And Joshua is writing the law of Moses on the stones as the people observed. And all of Israel and the elders and the officers and the judges stood on the side of the ark and on the side before the priest of the Levites, which bear the ark of the covenant of the Lord. As well the stranger as that was born among them, half of them over against Mount Gilman, and half of them against Ebal. Moses, the servant of the Lord, had commanded before that they should bless the people of Israel. And afterwards, Joshua read all the words of the law, the blessings, the cursings, according to all that is written in the book of the law. There was not a word of all that Moses commanded, which Joshua read not, before all the congregation of Israel, with the women and the little ones and the strangers that were among them. So what is the lesson? God gave them victory over their enemy. They destroyed all of them, and then they built an altar. An altar is always a place of worship. But they didn't forget the law. They wanted it to be kept. This is a problem we have in our culture today. We live in the age of grace. We are afraid to talk about sin. People might be offended. We certainly don't want to talk about hell because that might run people away. And we've put the law aside and let every man decide for himself that which he thinks is right or wrong. And God will not tolerate that. And I'm wondering, I'm no prophet, there are none anymore. But I'm wondering about the situation in the world today. This virus that's spread worldwide. People at home can't go out, no one can come in. I'm wondering if this isn't a cleansing time for all of us from the Lord. We sit alone with ourselves. And I said before, if you don't like yourself, you must be miserable living alone with someone you don't like. So what is our message? God has a plan for us, and it's victorious. We fight from victory, not to it. But let's remember Sin is devastating. Sin must be confessed, but the law cannot be forgotten because it doesn't save, it still has value. If you've never read it or you don't know what it says, just go read the Ten Commandments and remind yourself of this is the way God would have us live. God bless you. Share this with others. Share the truth with people you care about. Don't be afraid to be offensive if it's truth. 
It's a signpost to keep them from destruction. God bless you.